Hey there, Wolfpack fans. It's me again, Kenton Gibbs, with my main man, Grayson Boone, in the building. And Grayson, we're going to be talking spring game today. I know that we're on MJ Morris watching everybody sitting on pins and needles, but we're, we have a game that did go down. And we have to talk about, of course, our first stringers demolishing the second, but there's much more to be read into than that. Are you ready to get in, into it, Grayson? I'm ready. I'm not reading so much into the spring game as a lot of people, but I am sitting on both pins and needles. We're going to talk the good, bad, and ugly from Saturday's spring game on today's episode of Locked on Wolfpack. You are locked on NC State. Your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. So, Grayson, I'm going to pass it to you to start this thing off. What was one of the good things that you saw? What was one of the things that you saw that you were like, oh, this is a definite positive? No ifs, ands, or buts about it. I'm rocking with this. I'm liking this. This is how I, what I love to see. I think it, it might have been helped a bit by the horrible weather mm-hmm. uh, they played in on Saturday, but I thought the defense did pretty well. Uh, you know, defense looked – they had uh they had Brennan Armstrong on on Rikers Island, unfortunately. I think that had a lot of people kind of upset and a bit uneasy, which I understand. Um, you you a guy that you presume is gonna be quarterback one, you want to see him kind of come out and show everybody else how it's done in this offense because he's running it or or has been running it in the past, but he didn't look great. And I I'm gonna instead of choosing to freak out about that, I'm gonna turn I'm gonna pivot. And I'm going to credit the the defense led by Tony Gibson. Uh, they picked off Armstrong twice. I believe both of them went for pick sixes. Um, I know there were two pick sixes. Um, there was also a couple fumble recoveries. So the defense was active. They were they were making themselves uh, seen and heard on Saturday. So that's that's uh that's important. I don't think that can go understated um, in some of the pieces we lost. Uh, after this past year, and you know Drake Thomas, Tanner Ingle, Tyler Baker Williams, um, Cyrus Fagan, the list goes on. And so to see this new level of guys that have been waiting in the wings for their shot, I was impressed. I was impressed, and I thought, uh, I thought, hopefully this is going to continue to transition into the summer, and they're going to be ready to rock uh, once September rolls around. But my uh, my main takeaway, I'm going to choose to focus in on the defense. And I liked what I saw. So I thought that was a a, a very good positive uh, to take away from Saturday's spring game. I'm going to get it even more locked in for you. Because I agree, the defense there, they absolutely dominated. But I'll take it a step further. The defensive backfield. I look at this team, and I'm saying to myself, with all that you lost out of that linebacking core, the defensive line and the linebackers are going to have to make up for that. We lose big Josh Harris to Ole Miss. And so you know that's going to be a little bit more difficult. We lose so many pieces. Again, Drake Thomas and Isaiah Moore, two guys that were instrumental, that were phenomenal, that were cornerstones of this defense for the last two, three years. And then all of a sudden, you you look up and you see Darius Edmondson transfer out of Lewisburg College, getting a pick six in the spring game. You look up and you see 
Uh, Shaheen Battle, a guy who, you know, meant a lot to the team that he returned, getting a pick six in the spring game. And I'm going to tell you the most interesting thing about it. For those two guys, for our defensive backfield to play the way that they did with Shaheen Battle, not, I'm sorry, not Shaheen Battle, with Aiden White, a first team all ACC performer, a guy that is on that level that you look up and say, hey, he could very well be, very, very well be an all American coming in the next season. With him not playing, and you sit up here and say that the defensive backfield was what shy? Man, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, you had the guy that played the most snaps in the country without allowing a touchdown. A guy that, again, that's just an objective fact. Most snaps in the country in terms of cover snaps without allowing a, a single touchdown, he doesn't play, and yet this team goes ahead and that defensive unit, that defensive backfield goes ahead and still imposes their will on this game, the starters and the backups, you got to be excited about it. You got to be excited about it. And the defense, too, I think, you know, it kind of goes without saying, we really got to take advantage of Tony Gibson while he's still in town. And we made sure he was handsomely paid after his efforts from the past two years, I would say, but it's only a matter of time before a high level program comes knocking when he's able to churn out these effective defenses year in and year out. So I hope we're able to just truly understand what Gibson's built and is currently still building here in Raleigh. You know, we've talked before about the, the secondary coming in this year, the recruits we have coming in next year, there's a ton to be excited about as far as talent on the defensive side of the ball coming in you know, this year and, and soon down the road. So I think you got to be, you got to be hopeful that this defense is going to be able to kind of replicate what we've seen the past couple of years. And we're, we're firm on third down, you know, run stopping. We're able to cause havoc in the pass lanes. Um, as we saw with guys last year, like Aiden white, who's still here. One of the best defensive backs in the country. Guys, guess what guys, he's still here in Raleigh. And remember, and remember, we asked, we had the question, we had the talk of, is this the best incoming defensive backfield recruiting class that we've ever seen? And, and we one said, of them gets a pick six in their first ever spring game in the red and white. We we said it very well could be the best defensive back class to come through Raleigh. Again, they're still going to have to prove it, but so far, so good. So yeah. far, so good. Yeah, um, absolutely. Another absolutely. thing I want to I call attention to, uh, it's the wide receivers. I thought Terrell Timmons looked excellent. And mm-hmm. this is a guy who we saw kind of broke out around the same time as MJ last year in that right. Virginia Tech game. Uh, Timmons had a big catch from Ben Finley in the UNC game. So I think Timmons is going to be a guy to look for um, early and more often this year. He took a long screen pass to the, to the house on Saturday. He's a name that you got to remember. He's going to be in the mix. Um, I just, I want to see more from guys like Julian Gray. Um, I'm going to be very interested to see how they work Porter Rooks into the mix, but these young receivers, you got, uh, Kevin Concepcion. I I added some Spanish flair to that. I don't think that's how you actually pronounce it, but (laughs) I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, I was, I was hearing that Anthony Smith had some continuing drop problems and whatnot, Mm. but 
here's here's the interesting thing about that. With a guy who can run like he does, you live with it. You deal with it. If he's even, he's leaving. When he gets when he's behind the defense, it's Katie Diz at the doorstep. Strike up the band because we're about to get the fight zone rolling. He's got that type of speed. And I'm going to tell you what, if the worst thing that we can say about the receivers where there were a few uh, drops and the conditions that we looked at, I'm all right with that. I'm okay with that. You know what I mean? I'm I'm perfectly okay with that. And also, like I, I feel like I've already said this, but just in case I haven't, let me reiterate this. It is the spring game. You are not opening up your playbook in depth in the spring game. The reason that spring game uh, scores are often so lopsided is because you have the best offense and defense on one team, the backups on the other. That's why it's so lopsided more often than not. It is not because the offenses are getting into their deepest of play calling bags and, and you know, the defensive coordinators are just overwhelmed and confused. No. Generally, the guys that are a little older, a little bigger, a little stronger, a little faster are all on one team. That's how that works the only real things I think NC State fans can take away from the spring game is that they're still working. They're still working on implementing the new offense. They're still working on mixing around new pieces in this Tony Gibson defense. You can't, I mean, you can't make these hard inferences from the spring game. You just can't. There's just, there's so much more time for development and scheming before we kick off the season in September. What you saw Saturday is really not in a clear indication of the team we're going to have. So I would advise everyone to to, to take a deep breath. Um, it's just it, it's it's not it's not anything worth reading into at this point of the year. The you struggle know, you saw from Armstrong, you know, you hope you don't see it. But again, they're trying things. They're still teaching the offense. Let them let them cook. Let them do that. They still got a long ways to go. So. Just allow them to get better at their craft. And it's a safe bet to say they'll be a lot better coming out of fall camp yeah. than they were in this game, again, spring ball. Like, that's just – that's the reality there. And the safe place to place your safe bets is FanDuel. Folks, let me tell you something. It is everything that you wanted. It's that time of the year where everybody's anxious. Baseball is back rolling. The NBA play-in is going on as we record this. You have every type of sport going on right now. I'm pretty sure they got the XFL rolling too. You can bet on all that action in one place, America's number one sports book, and that's FanDuel. Right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. So it's really a win-win here, folks. Don't miss out on your chance to get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, the official sports betting part or the official partner of Major League Baseball. So the bad, I'm, I'm going to say this and some people are going to get mad at me and some people are going to say, oh, you're, you're kowtowing to try to keep them here. The bad for me is that MJ Morris looked better than Brennan Armstrong, in my opinion. Brennan Armstrong struggled with handling snaps from the backup center. Well, here's the interesting thing about that. 
our starting center, Dylan McMahon, was not playing. He was one of the 17 players that did not play, which we'll get to later. But he was not playing. And MJ Morris was on the second, second string team, which means he started there at least, which means he was playing with the third string center, struggling to field snaps in the rain. Now, don't get me wrong. A good amount of them were in the pocket. They were where you would want a snap to be in the shotgun and all that. But there were a few that were like, yeah, that's a third string center. That's a third string center. But even with that, there were multiple moments where you, if you understand football at a high level, he made things look easy. That again, if you understand football at a high level, you just say, wow, that's that's impressive. And there were moments where Brendan Armstrong made things that you look at and you're like, okay, if a quarterback processes that read, if you see this coverage and process that the ball needs to be here, great. You made the correct read. That pass needs to be made 10 times out of 10 if you're going to be a starting quarterback in the power five level. And the, the ball just, the accuracy just wasn't there. That's concerning for me. That's very, and that's not to say MJ Morris is perfect because both he and Brendan Armstrong have one pick each on the day. So that's not to say that, that Brendan Armstrong was perfect. I mean, not to say that uh, MJ Morris was perfect. He had his his things that he did wrong as well. But to me, I'm okay with you making a bad read in spring. I'm okay with that because we can clean that up by the time fall gets here. Your accuracy when you're making the right read? um, My brother in Christ, that's a little bit more difficult to get corrected right away. Actually, I don't know what religion he is. So my brother, whatever deity you worship, I'm a little or, you know, if you don't worship any deity, that's fine with me, too. You get the point. I'm more concerned about inaccuracy when you know where the ball is supposed to go than a player playing in the system that he's been learning for two months, not knowing where the ball should go. Yeah, I mean, the quarterback play. What I mean, how much can you really take from the spring game? In, in general, right. but I think our situation is interesting because there is an elephant in the room with the, you know, Armstrong getting more first team snaps. MJ's not happy about it. We talked, you know, the last episode, a little bit of smoke about if MJ's contemplating leaving. So now you have an elephant in the room and the elephant is starting to stomp his feet in the room. So everybody's getting a little nervous, but I mean, the quarterback play that I saw on Saturday, yeah, I'd have to agree. MJ did look better than Armstrong did. It just, that's a matter of fact. He looked more comfortable. He was completing, you know, he, he was making better plays than Armstrong was. And he just, I, he looked like he was controlling the offense uh, a bit more efficiently than Armstrong was, which is interesting because Armstrong's the the Robert and a guy. So that was Interesting to watch. It was maybe a little concerning. You could go as far to say, but again, it's still spring. It's still April. There's still so much time, so much chemistry still to be built between the quarterbacks and the wide receivers and the tight ends. There's still, there's a lot of ground still to cover here, but yeah, I mean, I guess the main takeaway from the quarterback play is the elephants in the room and he's making a lot of noise now. Making a lot of noise. I mean, flaring the trunk, doing all the things, knocking things over is, is looking bad. What was your bad on the day out of this team? Bad? I don't know if I'd go to say bad, but 
My one of the main things I'm going to be honing in on for this season is our run game, because mm-hmm. last year it, it was pathetic. To be to be honest, it, I thought it was pathetic. I mean, Jordan Houston scored more rushing touchdowns in the spring game than he did all of last season with one. Yes, that's correct. Jordan Houston had zero rushing touchdowns all of last year. That's a problem considering he was our starting running back. Um, In my opinion, I don't think you can move forward with him as a starting running back going into summer and then the 2023 season here. I think there's a lot... uh, there's a lot better uses I think you can get out of Jordan Houston and you can mix him in with different, you know, halfback wheel routes. I think he's very effective in something like that. Um, screen passes. I mean, he, he caught a lot of screen passes and it's, it's almost like PTSD to even think about Jordan Houston catching a screen pass at this point after how many we saw last year. But as far as, you know, carrying the majority of the starting running back carries, I don't think you can stick with Houston there respectfully. I understand that the reality of college football and even in the NFL now, it's a multiple back type situation where you don't have one running back carrying 34 times a game. You just don't see it anymore. So you're going to have guys like Demi Sumo in the mix, Michael Allen in the mix. Um, I thought Kendrick Raphael, the freshman, I thought he ran pretty well in the spring game. So there's going to be a lot of guys trying to, fit in a lot of different pieces of this new offense. But I mean, there wasn't a whole lot to watch um, running the ball in the spring game. Again, it's a spring game. You can only take so much. The weather was bad. So maybe you thought you'd see more, you know, rushing effort than passes, but I don't know, kind of all over the place, but rushing, you got to have an answer there because last year, what we saw last year is simply not going to cut it. I'll, I'll say this. When I look at uh, Demi Sumo and Michael Allen and Jordan Houston, I'm looking at uh, a three-headed monster there where I'm like, these guys could do something really special together, and they all bring very different things. With that being said, in my mind, the player that has the biggest game-breaking potential is Michael Allen because he has short he has short area bursts and acceleration that can get through those tight, tiny little holes. And he has the balance to, you know, when, when things aren't looking great, he can run through some defenders, not quite at the level of Demi Sumo, but close to that level. And with more explosiveness, with more straight line, when he's running in that, when he's coming downhill, he's got a better chance of of breaking away than Demi does. And Jordan Houston He's. I think that he's more so your change of pace, your third down, your your receiving back, all those things. Your, I will bring him in to say we have a back in the game to make them keep an extra linebacker in the game, and then I'm going to split them out, use them in the slot, use them at a wide out, use them in some ways that uh, put stress on the defense that they really don't want to deal with. So you know, to me, that's that's the case there. But I, you know, that running game needs to improve. That running game absolutely needs to improve. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that, Um, especially if Brandon Armstrong struggles in the regular season a little bit, the way that we saw today. And regardless of who QB1 is or regardless of how well he's playing, you still want to see running the ball effectively. 
No offense wants to be purely one-dimensional and say, hey, we can't do – we are completely dictated to by the defense. Whatever, whatever team we play, we know that this one thing is not an option at all. Nobody wants that. So that's just the thought there. And I know that this is a spring game, and I know Grayson don't put that much stock into it, but we're both going to come up with an ugly before we land this thing in just a second. Grayson, what was your ugly for the day? Ugly would be the weather. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, I understand that you you got both teams playing in the same weather, so it's it's unfair to criticize one team more than the other, which I saw some people doing. Right. Um, the ugly was the weather. And I, I can't really get so much into ugly as, as far as play goes so far. I mean, okay, fine, I will. Ugly was Brennan Armstrong. And honestly, other than that, there's really not a whole lot to gripe about. It's it's still so early. I know I've said this a million times here in this episode, but it's spring, guys. It's spring. I you're they're still implementing things, they're working on things. It's I think to be honest with you, I think there's a lot more clear conclusions you can make out of practice than you can in the spring game because like we heard uh just this past week we were heard we we were hearing that Brennan Armstrong was lighting it up at practice. Yeah. And we didn't see that on Saturday. So the people that are hearing or seeing one thing and not hearing the other, they're only drawing one conclusion here. So there's just, there's a whole lot going on and you just can't make dead set, you know, implications quite yet. So ugly quarterback play, I guess on one side, but you can't, can't judge it too much. Uh, Well, I was, me and you were about to be on the same page saying things were ugly that were out of our control, but you know, you you had to go in there and drop Brennan on in there. But I'll tell you this, my ugly was the amount of players that weren't playing. We have seen uh, fairly significant injury things in the past. And while I think that most of these players were held out of precaution, not out of, out of an abundance of precaution, not out of like, if this were a real game, we couldn't have them out there. It's a little concerning that we had 15 players not playing, multiple of which were, again, very big-time folks. Like Peyton Wilson, yeah, I don't want to see you out there. With all due respect, Peyton, no, don't want to see it. Um, Aiden White recovered from his surgery. Dylan McMahon, similar situation. But the problem is, with Dylan McMahon being out, now, again, you've got your starting center out. Now you've got to shuffle and adjust things around for the people who are responsible for getting the quarterback the ball. That's tough. That's always going to be tough. So, you know, we're hoping to see um, a little bit better of fortune when it comes to injury this year than we've seen in the past couple where, you know, last year the entire team was relatively healthy. Our our quarterback position, you know, starting four different guys was fun. Um, The year before that, we saw a good amount of injury to the linebacking core and whatnot. Uh, The year before that, everybody in their mama was hurt. You know, if you put on a red and white jersey, you probably were hurt at some point in time. So, it's, you know, it's a situation where you're looking up and you're saying to yourself, hopefully the injury bug leaves town soon. We're, we're praying and hoping and wishing that that in, oh, ugly injury bug packs his things, packs her things, packs their things and hits the road immediately. Before uh, before we wrap this up, I've actually just thought of another ugly from Saturday. Go my I think my biggest ugly was the, the dialogue I was seeing uh, about the quarterback battle. I think NC State fans are they, – they seem to be on two sides of the coin here. They think 
Armstrong should be the guy or they think MJ should be the guy. And both sides are trying to use the spring game to like leverage their own opinion, which is very weird to me. Like I saw a lot of people saying, you know, Armstrong looked terrible and this is why he should, he shouldn't even be here. He shouldn't be in the program. It should be MJ Morris from the jump, this, that, and the other. I, I, I don't understand trying to bury somebody else on the team to try and prove your own opinion on who should get the job. That feels right. weird to me, guys. I mean, you, you got to root for whoever wins the job that they're going to go out there and do the very best that they can. And I know I sound very like middle school commercial rah-rah guy, but it's just it's but, weird to me. Like, But you know what? There's there's nothing wrong with that. It's, I, it's the same thing that we've said about Keats in that maybe he isn't the answer that gets us a national championship. Maybe he isn't. But while he's here, while he is the coach, you cheer for him, you root yeah, him on, you I mean, hope like, that there's good. Rooting, rooting for a guy to fail – for the program you're pulling for, you're not like you're you're not a fan of that. You just you you just like to be miserable. Honestly, like you just you enjoy the negative that you see on Twitter or wherever else you you read your gossip uh, regarding the team. You enjoy being miserable so much that you're you're rooting for guys, maybe even to like just like get injured so your guy can play. That's horrible to me. Yeah, I, I just. I don't know. That's my two cents. That was and, the ugly that I saw. And as, and as you heard, if you listen to this show and how we talk about the quarterback battle, you have always heard us say, if MJ Morris is the number two, you're one snap away from play. Yeah. Not saying, hey, you know, we're hoping that Brendan no. just rolls his ankle when he gets out of bed. Or we're hoping that one of those shoulders, excuse me, one of those shoulders of his is already a little shaky, gets a little bit more shaken up. You haven't heard that. Because we're not rooting for anybody to get hurt. We're not rooting for anybody to get injured. We're rooting for the best 11 to take the field, of course. And if I believe that MJ Morris is in that best 11, then I'm going to root for him to have the ability to show the coaches that, the coaches to see that and go with it. But I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, man, boy, I'll tell you what, the day that Brendan Armstrong has a high ankle sprain, that's the day that he gets Wally Pip. Wally Pip was the guy whose position was taken by um, – uh, uh, Lou Gehrig. He was the guy whose position was taken by Lou Gehrig, and Lou Gehrig never looked back. Uh, Wally Pip never got that position back. So we're not hoping for that. You haven't heard anybody say that here. Because at the end of the day, we hope that this is a clean, fair race. Both guys have an equal opportunity, and the better player wins it. So The main up. thing that you're rooting for are wins. You're not exactly. rooting for one guy to just be the leader of the program. You're you're rooting for the team to win, to succeed. That's exactly. what you want at the end of the day. So that's all there is to it. If Brendan Armstrong could take us to a 14 and 0, 15 and 0 season, great. If MJ Morrison lead us to a 14, 15 and 0 season, great. I don't care who does it. I want to win ball games. I want to see wins. That's that's what we're about here at Locked On Wolfpack. That's what we're about here. Not about our guy being the guy. Not about, well, I think that this coach would be great here. We're about the wins. And we just hope that the the we just hope that the fans are the same way. And don't get me wrong, we know that again, the loud knuckleheads on online will always get more attention because the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Well, that's how this works. They're squeaking very loudly. They're squeaking very loudly. So we know the majority of Wolfpack Nation would never do such a thing. We're talking that loud minority, right? right 
Thank you all so very much for coming out every single show. We appreciate it every single time. Y'all make this show what it is. Peace and love, y'all. As always, go Pack. Go Pack. You are locked on NC State. Your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 